your blood runs orange and blue. Orange and blue. blue. This, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. You got to worry about any refs on this podcast. No refs to, to come in at the end of this podcast and, 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 and decide how it's going to end. This, this is a, a podcast decided by the players on the on the episode. This is uh, EJ Stewart here on Orange and Blue Blood with Tommy Beer. Big show we got for you guys. Josh Hart debut we'll be talking about. Of course, we have this big Nets game happening Monday night. Nets and Knicks. Totally different team than Knicks will be facing when they face these Brooklyn Nets. I wonder if some of the sting is taken out of this game because you don't have Kyrie and KD on the floor. So we'll talk about that as well. And we'll talk about yet another snub of Jalen Brunson from the All-Star game. So plenty to get to on this episode. Joining me, of course, like I said, is Tommy Beer. Tommy, we did have the Super Bowl on Sunday night. And I don't know about you, but I still feel a little sick about how that game ended. I'm hoping that we can have a, a NBA playoffs and NBA finals that don't have an ending where the refs decide what happens as opposed to let the players decide uh, the outcome of a game. Yeah, man, that's tough. I feel for all you birds fans out there. Uh, my sympathies go out to you. Um, it's a tough way to lose. Um, you know, if you, if you, if you get beat fair and square, you know, by a, by a great Pat Mahomes drive or something along those lines, you can deal with it or, Hurts has a chance and, and throws a pick on the on the final, you know, you know, with a minute left, you know, that's something you a little bit easy to swallow. But uh, having a questionable holding call hurts. Um, but um, listen, as uh, Nick fans out there, no, no pain. And uh, they're they, they can only hope to get to the finals and be robbed right. by the refs. Um, so uh, they but they got a long way to go. Uh, but uh, they, they took a, a nice looks like they have a nice piece that if they should be a playoff uh, team, a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. It looks like they found a guy that might be part of the uh, the solution, a piece of the puzzle. So they say. Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that. We'll be talking plenty of Josh Hartbright for the rest of the season. And this is, again, Orange and Blue Buzz, a podcast hosted by Odyssey and Odyssey Original, hosted by WFAN as well. You can get these uh, episodes wherever you get your podcasts, including a free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto-download feature so you can get these episodes whenever we drop. We drop three times a week. This is our first episode of the week. And, of course, make sure you check us out on YouTube as well at the Odyssey Sports Channel to watch these episodes of Orange and Blue Bloods. So let's begin with Saturday night. Josh Hart, new Nick, impressive in his debut. He helped the Knicks get past the Utah Jazz 126-120 on Saturday at Madison Square Garden. Hart, I thought, was exceptional in the game. 11 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals, really filling up the box score. Jalen Brunson had another monster game now that he's reunited with his good buddy. He had 38 points in this one. Julius Randle had 31. R.J. Barrett had 20. A little bit of an uneven game for Barrett, but hit a big three down the stretch. You know, goes <laughs> par for the course for R.J. at this point in the, in the season. So let's get right into it with Josh Hart. What did you see from him? And how do you think that this play that you saw in the game one could kind of carry over throughout the rest of the season? Yeah, you know, I thought that, you know, they interviewed Hart and um, Hart and Brunson after the after the win Saturday night on MSG. And um, Rebecca Harlow asked Brunson, you know, what what does he bring to the table? Essentially, what can Nick fans expect from him? And, and Brunson's first word was everything. 
you know, um, you know, I, 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 whatever we need, he's been the player. He's been that player since day one. That's just who he is. And I think that kind of sums up, um, you know, Josh Hart in, in a sentence, in a word. Um, and it's kind of what we predicted. I thought we were both really high on the trade. We both thought it'd be a great addition. Yep. And, you know, and the player showed why in, in his first game. Um, I, I, you know, if you want to, he checked in with about five minutes left in the third quarter and never checked back out. You know, I think that kind of, you know, speaks to his importance on the team. Um, you know, the, the, the trust he immediately has in the coach um, because he does all the things that you want. And we saw all those yeah. within the 25 minutes, box out, set screens, keep loose balls alive, find, you know, get an offensive rebound, kick it out for a three pointer, um, you know, talk on defense, um, just, you know, hit corner three pointers, just all, everything that, you know, that you could kind of want, from an elite role player. Um, we got a taste of it Saturday night and, 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 and heart, um, you know, it was just really that, that, that's what you were hoping to see. Um, and, and, and that's what he delivered. Uh, you know, you, you only get a first chance to, to make a first impression and, and he certainly made the most of it. Yeah. It's like, I've been saying pretty much since we kind of broke the topic of Josh Hart potentially becoming a Nick was he's the guy that the Knicks to me were missing. They were missing a glue guy. They were missing a glue guy, particularly on the wing, can guard multiple defenders. We saw his defense in that game. We saw his ability to uh, hit loose balls. Like, how many games a season from the Knicks did you see long rebounds go to the other team and then hit a big three or extend a, extend uh, an offensive possession that, that will crush the Knicks? How many times in that game on Saturday you see Josh Hart running down loose balls, running down long rebounds for either defensive rebounds or offensive rebounds? The guy just uh, – he plays with an edge, even though he's kind of like a gentleman, you know, off the court. He is – he just – he's awesome. Um, I thought in this game, like I said, the rebounding and and the, and the shot making, he had a big three down the stretch, was great. And, you know, the shot making, we'll see how much that carries over in terms of the three ball. I think he was two for three in that game. But I almost think the thing that most impressed me was the assists. I mean, some of these passes – and it was just making the simple pass. Because sometimes we see some of these guys, Julius Randle, RJ, sometimes they get the ball in the paint. They sometimes want to make the most complicated pass to a guy or, who's not, yeah. Or, or when RJ has the ball at the, at the three point line and Obi Toppin screaming, and, I'm yeah, he doesn't, yeah, they don't pass at all, right? Yeah, there's times where they get tunnel vision or they don't, they don't make a play. And to see Josh Hart multiple times on that stretch, just get into the paint and just deliver the ball on time, on on target to RJ in the corner. He had some other guys. I think he had Brunson at one point, like. That's just simple basketball. But, I mean, that's winning basketball. And the fact that he came in on night one had such an impact, I think he had to be really excited with what you saw from him. Yeah, I think the best thing you can say about Hart is he would fit in with the 90s Knicks, with Mason yeah. and Ewing and, and Starks and Oakley. Like, he's a guy you could definitely see fitting in and earning the respect of those guys because he plays hard. He plays gritty. He's not afraid to do the dirty work. Um, and that's the type of player. And and he even talked about it. You know, he basically said, like, I know New York respects a blue collar, you know, work, work ethic. Um, somebody that's willing to do the dirty work, you know, the, the stuff that doesn't necessarily show up in the box score. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and and uh, that's why I think it's a great fit, you know, kind of alluding um, that that he envisions himself here long term. And I think the Knicks do as well. So, um, yeah, just a, a, a wonderful uh, introduction to a player. Um, and we'll see if it carries over Monday night. And again, he's not going to have great games. You know, there's going to be games right. where he doesn't, you know, it doesn't have standout performances because that's kind of the nature of the beast when you're kind of a three and D wing. And, you know, and, and you know, you, you, especially it looks like he'll be coming off the bench. Um, but 
you know, it, I, I was kind of charting just that first game, like those those little small things that he did, you know, the loose balls, kept the ball alive, boxed out so a teammate could get a rebound. Um, yeah. You know, you figure in his first game, oh, there's three or four of those, but it, it quickly, you quickly realize it's 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 darn near every possession. Um, he does something that helps a team win. And uh, like you said, he's a winner. Uh, that's that's probably the best way to classify him. And I think one of the things that can't you can't lose sight of as well with a player like Hart is – that kind of energy and that kind of play is infectious. Yeah. So, like, Nick's not having a guy like that, really. Uh, it hurts them because they don't see the guy going after the loose ball. And, they, you know, I'm not saying they don't have guys that hustle because Harden's not hustles, Grimes hustles. But but not having a guy who's who's experienced, a guy who has uh, has played in this league for a little while and who is a pure, just uh, intangibles guy, like, that should affect the other guy. You should see Randall play with a certain level of edge. You should see RJ play. Um, I think that you'll see a, a great impact because of what Josh Hart brings to the table. You see a guy playing that hard, you, you can't help but uh, you know join in on the effort. So I think that he had uh, a really great debut. And and, and we, we saw in this game, you know, Josh Hart come off the bench in this one. And the way Tibbs kind of handled the rotation down the stretch was interesting. Uh, you know, it seemed like kind of Grimes quickly and RJ kind of were essentially rotating time during that stretch as Hart played the entire way. Um, it leads to the question, do you see Josh Hart as a guy who definitely closes most games? Do you think this is going to be kind of a by-committee situation moving forward? And does he have a case to start, given how he played? And, you know, we're starting to see Quentin Grimes uh, struggle with his jump, his jump shot a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think he certainly does have a have, – could make a case that he should start. And, and in, in fact, I think the better fit would be him replacing Barrett as opposed to re- replacing Grimes. Um, just because of how, um, you know, how he would fit alongside Brunson and Randall. Um, but it, just as far as like the, the starting issue, I don't think he'll start and I don't think he'll start going forward. It seems like he's comfortable coming off the bench. It's probably best for the Eagles of all involved. Um, if he stays that way for a little while, if somebody gets injured, then he, you know, then he gets inserted into the starting lineup. I could see it as a situation where he never comes back out of the starting lineup. Um, for the time being, I think it makes sense to leave him at, as the, you know, kind of the sixth man. Um, and when people, even before the trade, like, you know, uh, buddies asking me, like, do you think he'll start? You know, who do you think he'll bump? I said, I don't, I don't know if he'll start or not, but I think he'll be the part of the closing five, which is, you know, the, the more important situation. And as well as hard plate, it introduces some complexities. There's some, some ripple effects, um, when hard played that well and plays the final, you know, basically 17 minutes of the game. Um, Emmanuel quickly who played well on, on Saturday night, yeah. 15 points, five boards, um, he logged less than 25 minutes. It's only the second time since Christmas he's played wow. less than 25 minutes. Um, Grimes uh, played poorly Saturday night, the second bad game in a row for Grimes, who was not knocking down shots. Uh, he played just 22 minutes. It's the first time he's logged less than 28 minutes since mid-December. Um, mm. so, you know, so that just kind of goes to show you that um, there's going to be there, – there's an impact here. Um, and then, obviously, Deuce McBride um, was, a, was a DMPCD. Right. It's the first time since late November um, he has not played at all. Um, you know, Tibbs, is, we were kind of wondering would he keep that nine-man rotation. He did, in fact, stick with nine guys, and Deuce was the, on the outside looking in. Um, it, it's, it, you, it's very hard to argue um, that, uh, you know, that, that Hart should have seen right. less playing time. We saw the impact that he had. Um, you know, it's hard to argue that Grimes should have got more minutes because, you, you know, scored one point, missed all his field goal attempts. Um, so he needs to play better. He needs to knock down shots. I think he will. 
I think that'll come. Um, but again, you know, on nights, you know, prior to Saturday night this season, if Grimes was struggling as bad as he did, Tibbs didn't have another option. So, so Grimes right, would, yeah, you know, um, if if RJ struggles on a given night, you don't really have another option. So, you know, RJ even when he's playing poorly and inefficiently and not seeing the floor and getting beat defensively, he's still going to play 33, 34 minutes a night. That's no longer the case. So, I think it it, it amps up a little bit of pressure, not only. Does seeing Hart play as well as he does, you know, uh, as, as hard as he does, kind of ratchet up the intensity for all the guys on the floor. Um, I think it ratchets it up the competitive intensity just within that little tr- that trio. Um, you know, I think on any given night, it's going to be those, you know, those four guys are going to divvy up minutes. Um, Grimes, IQ, Barrett, and Hart. And I think it's going it'll it might be a little bit, you know, let's say they play a team with um, that has a you know a few quick perimeter players, you know, then you want IQ in there. Um, right. You know, that Brunson. If you're playing a team that like the uh, like the Jazz, who, who have three seven footers on the floor basically at all times, you might want a little more length. So therefore, Hart is a, is a better fit. Um, so I think those are the kind of situations. And obviously, if a guy's knocking out shots, if he's six for eight from the field that game, all that stuff will get factored in. But um, it'll be very interesting to see how Tibbs um, kind of you know distributes the minutes. Uh, going forward, he didn't have, you know, the, the, it, now that there are, you know, legitimate competition for those minutes, especially on the wing, um, it'll be very interesting to see how Tibbs handles it. Yeah. And even though Tibbs stick to the nine man rotation outside of Brunson and Randall logging in normal 39 minutes in this game. Right. Uh, everybody else had really reasonable totals yeah. when it came to their minutes. RJ had 34. Grimes, you mentioned 22, uh, quickly 23, Hart 26. Like the fact that Hart is a more viable guy to play for 26 minutes as opposed to playing McBride those kind of minutes, it could end up helping really all those guys who play in the backcourt and um, yes. and on the wing because they can all rotate minutes and, and keep them more fresh. And I think that it will be a, a great benefit to someone like Quentin Grimes. So I think maybe seeing a little bit of the uh, – sophomore wall maybe not a rookie wall per se but it might be a little bit of a sophomore wall because you know you can see the shot is, isn't really uh connecting right now and and he may need some time uh not playing 30 minutes every single night you know considering this is a guy who didn't play much last season it, totally and i i think that's a really good point because you know people forget he only played in 46 to- only started six games exactly. except yeah. the 42 starts he only logged a total of 700 i'm um, looking at now 86 minutes he's already at over 1400 now so he's at double those minutes um so it's exactly. kind of the you know the transition the reason for the rookie you know that the rookie wall in the nba is you play 30 games in college to go to 82 in the nba it's a big <laughs> transition there um yeah. so you're right his legs might be a little bit tired yeah, yeah. So that's going to be something to uh, to follow. But this was overall a, a good Knicks win. I mean, this is a game. It's funny to see these games and like you're like, wow, that's a game they wouldn't have won. But it's like always sometimes for different reasons. Sometimes it's because, you know, Randall, uh, you know, is playing with a certain level of focus um, and he played really well in this game as well. You know, sometimes it's a lot of times it's Jalen Brunson being able to organize a team and get good shots down the stretch. And that was a game I thought uh, with Josh Hart and and his effort and his hustle and his uh, clutch shot making and his clutch decision making. Where I'm like, I don't know if the Knicks win this game last week. Like, I, like you know, you see that lead and you see it evaporate and you kind of I, I wonder if they win that game last week without Josh Hart. I, I think there's a chance they don't, you know, so uh, credit to the Knicks. Big win is when they need to, to, to have when you're playing against a Jazz team that's you know, a solid team, but a team that's, you know, under 500, a team that maybe about to hit the, to hit the downside now that they've lost their starting point guard in, in Mike Conley and at the trade deadline. They also lost Vanderbilt and Beasley. So uh, definitely a good win for the Knicks. So that moves us to Monday night. Knicks look to snap their nine-game losing streak against 
the Brooklyn Nets when the two teams face off at MSG. The Nets are going to look very different when you see them this time around. There is no Kyrie Irving. There is no Kevin Durant. Both those guys were traded last week to the Mavs and Suns, respectively. Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges made their debuts for the Nets in a very close loss to the Sixers. A very, very good game um, you did not watch on Saturday night at Barclays. So with KD and Kyrie gone, how do the Knicks change their game plan against Brooklyn? I mean, I'm sure it comes becomes a lot easier to guard them for sure. But, uh, but how does this affect the matchup between the Nets and Knicks not having those megastars out there? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's it, it's a, obviously a completely different game plan as opposed to kind of shutting down one or two guys and kind of focusing on those guys and preventing them from beating you. The Nets have a far more balanced squad right now and, and certainly more defensive minded. Um, you know, there is, you know, obviously anytime you lose a top 15, top 20 player of all time in Kevin Durant, um, it's good. There's going to be some adjustments, but the, the Nets right now have a, a very balanced team, a good all around team. They're long, they're lengthy. Um, they play defense guys like obviously Mikhail Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith's an excellent wing defender. Nick Claxton is in the conversation for defensive player of the year. And then they still obviously can score some points. Cameron Johnson, um, back to back four point games, um, Joe Harris, you know, scored 18 off the bench on Saturday night. Um, so there's, there's you no know, Cameron Johnson, uh, you know, another sharpshooter that they got in the yeah. Phoenix deal. Um, yeah. You know, it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, this, this Nets team kind of reminds me of the last time we saw the Nets without KD that, that right, right before they signed the, uh, you know, Kyrie and, and Durant that summer, 2019, they, you know, uh, hustle and, 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 you know, they, they got Dinwiddie there. Um, you know, they yeah. play with a little bit of, you know, a little bit more energy, a little bit more force, a little bit more toughness um, as opposed to just the exceptional skills of, 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 you know, lean, you know, just basically leaning on those guys that the KDs and Kyries. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, it, 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 it seems kind of, it, it, if there was a ever a time for that, that, you know, the Knicks want to, snap that nine game losing streak now would yeah. seem to be the time no kd no Kyrie. an opportunity you're at home in the garden um to, to kind of get back uh, on track and and also these two teams it's not far-fetched um that uh, and and we'll talk about it here in a moment could the knicks catch the nets in the you know for the, the fifth or sixth right. seed um and if you you know if, if you have in, if you envision yourself as as avoiding the play-in and securing a playoff spot um the nets might have to be the team depending on if miami stumbles a little bit here but the nets might have to be the team you catch and obviously head-to-head games are going to be important yeah the knicks already dropped uh two games to the nets already so now they have to try to tie them to kind of force the tiebreaker to be something other than head-to-head matchups. So uh, this is a big game for the Knicks when it comes to playoff uh, playoff situations and playoff implications for for this one. Yeah, the the Nets. I mean, obviously, I, I much prefer to face this version of Nets. The Nets had Kyrie and KD, but they do present some problems with some of the guys they have. Like you mentioned, they have some really good defenders. I mean, uh, Bridges, Finney Smith. Uh, they, already, they already still have Royce O'Neal. Um, they have multiple guys who should be able to uh, handle Barrett and, 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 and Randall in this game. So uh, I think that that's going to be uh, matchups to watch how the Nets rotate their uh, their multiple lengthy, rangy hoof combo forwards that they have. Uh, it's a very kind of odd team where they're put together. Uh, I don't think this is necessarily the plan moving forward to keep all these guys together. But I think to start uh, with what they have right now, uh, they're still going to be a somewhat of a formidable team in a formidable matchup. Fetcher Dinwiddie, as Knicks fans know, always seems to have something for the Knicks, whether it be uh, on social media, talking before games, or how he plays in the games against the Knicks. He usually plays extremely well. 
So uh, I I would expect that he would probably have a really good game in this one. So it, it should be a, a good game. I think the Knicks do have some advantages, particularly, you know, with Brunson, of course, at the point guard spot now. Uh, that's no longer, you know, a, you know a, a wash or a Kyrie advantage there. So uh, I think Brunson maybe could have a big game. And, um, and I do want to continue to see what Josh Hart can bring to the table. He's playing against a lot of guys who I think kind of do the same things he does. So uh, it should be funny to see how that matchup works out. You know what's crazy, EJ, is we, you know, we could talk for, you know, we talked for a few minutes about this game. We talked for another 10 minutes and we still haven't mentioned Ben Simmons. Um, you know, the, know. the highest, the highest paid player on the on the nets by far. He's making 36 million this year. No other player on the team's making more than 20 million. Um, so yeah, I'll be interested. You know, you, you, you kind of don't know what's hit or miss on Simmons. Some nights he'll give you, you know, nine, eight, and seven, and other nights he's just invisible. Um, you know, his, his minutes are trending in the wrong direction now that the Nets have, you know, plenty of depth on the, on the wing and at the four. Um, obviously Simmons can fit in anywhere. He has that versatile skill set when he's engaged and locked in. Um, yeah. But we haven't seen that version of Ben Simmons, um, you know, basically uh, in two, two or three years now. So um, we'll see if, if uh, you know, if, if, if he kind of if he can make an impact that he can start to carve his way. Um, but it, it is really shocking to see, um, you know, you, you watch some net games, you totally forget that that he's even on the team um, as we did discussing him. But, um, yeah, you know, in, in terms of uh, obviously Brunson is, you know, considering the, you know, the Mikhail Bridges um, and, and the length that, you know, Claxton kind of clogging the paint is going to be difficult. Uh, for Randall to kind of bully his way um, yep. in, to the basket as he does uh, against a lot of other teams that don't have, you know, talented shot blockers and, and defenders uh, at the four and, and, and at the forward spot. So, um, you know, maybe uh, Randall takes a little more, uh, takes a few more threes. The other thing to keep an eye on with Brunson, um, some teams have been starting to run doubles at him more frequently um, because yeah. they, he's just been that good. And, and we'll talk about it in a second, um, you know, it, it, how well he's been playing over the last couple of weeks and, and making a bid for the all-star game. Um, he really is playing at an incredibly high level, incredibly, not only is he producing at a high level, he's, the efficiency is remarkable. Um, so teams understand that and they want to take away. He's been the Knicks best, most, you know, most efficient offensive weapon. They're, they're going to want to take that away. So we'll see if, um, you know, Dinwiddie's not really somebody that can stay in front of Brunson. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if they put, I'll be interested to see if they put bridges on him. Um, obviously those I guys, yeah. I, I think they will as well. Um, there's some, some Villanova connection there, obviously um, with Hart and um, I forget who somebody on, on, I think, I think it might've been bridges or maybe it was Hart, but they all went to dinner um, uh, in the city on Sunday night or uh, after the game or uh, before or, or Saturday night. But um, there was yeah. uh, some images. So those guys are close. Um, that, 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 that will be an interesting um, matchup. I think definitely to keep an eye on If I wouldn't be surprised that bridges tell Jacques Bourne, like I got that dude, you know, and we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, Bridges is absolutely one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. So if that does become uh, the matchup to watch, that should be a, a really fun one, uh, especially uh, fun for the the Nova grads, plenty of them in New York, who who, uh, who are happy to see uh, some of these uh, cats make it to uh, the Knicks and Nets over the past few weeks and over the past year with Brunson joining the team as well. So uh, Knicks and Nets in this one, we talk about the standings and, and where the Knicks stand. I think that the Knicks are, are going to have a shot at catching the Nets. Um, I think the Nets, they showed in that game against Philly, they're, they're not, you know, they're not a, a, no, a doormat with, with the guys they have. Uh, I do think that was kind of maybe your first game together where you kind of give it your all and there's a lot of energy and a lot of emotion because you want to kind of show that, hey, we're not going to fall apart here down the stretch. So I think they're going to be pesky, but we see the Knicks right now as we record this podcast on Monday, three games out behind Brooklyn as we stand right now. 
that's not insurmountable for them. Um, obviously, they're only a game and a half behind Miami for the sixth spot. But uh, but you know, could Knicks catch Brooklyn three games back? I think that's that's plenty. They're four back in the loss column, so uh, a little bit of work to do there. But I think that the Knicks can 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 catch this team. Uh, the Knicks do have a kind of a tricky schedule, but the Nets also don't have an easy schedule down the stretch either. So that should help them a- as well. This is going to be huge, but uh, but I do think that if you're looking at trying to catch uh, one of these top six spots that you mentioned, the Nets are going to be a team they're going to have to beat when they play them, and a team that they may that may be the team they have to catch because you know Miami is getting in shape. They're three games on uh, three game winning streak. They've won seven out of ten. So you know it's going to be tough to catch Miami Brooklyn, who's lost uh, uh, six out of the last ten games, and of course now we're an entirely new team. That might be the team you're looking at and say, hey, this is our chance to get in. Definitely. Um, I'm a little bit higher on the Nets, I think, than most. I I, I just like the, their core. I like the way they're going to compete. I like their, you know, I think I like I like the guys, you know, that they kept and the guys that they added in. Um, and they're, they're playing with a little something to prove. You know, they hear Kyrie's comments yeah. about, you know, like just, you know, kind of bashing you know, Brooklyn on his way out of town. And um, I think they, you know, I, I think that they just have, a, a again, a scrappy young group of guys that guys are going to compete every night. Um, you don't have closers, so that's going to make it difficult to, to finish yeah. in the fourth quarter. Um, but I think they're going to be in a lot of close games. You know, Vegas has this as a, as a three-point spread, um, you know, the Knicks given. And, and usually the home team gets, a you know, around a three-point advantage. So that kind of tells you that they view in, in terms of talent talent on, on both rosters relatively similar um you know and i think if they if the nets were starting I, I agree with you this is not the finished product that sean marks envisioned um yeah i think he had to adjust on the fly i don't think he would have made the trade for Kyrie if if um if he knew he was also going to trade kevin durant it sounds like they were you know kind of going back and forth um yeah. so i think they'll, you know they'll, they'll make some adjustments um in over the summer just one last one other point while we're on brooklyn that's that that i that i find interesting is um the two guys that left look at the way they handled their business um they both wanted out less, you know, prior to prior to the pre prior to this season. Obviously, um, Durant yeah. had voices displeasure, and and even the year before, um, both players had the options to sign max contracts. Kevin Durant did locked in for four years, got his money. Kyrie didn't for whatever Kyrie's reasons are. Vaccine mandate came down in New York City. He decided not yeah. to get vaccinated. The, the, the season exploded. They had to trade James Harden um, and, and had to take back Ben Simmons. Just a nightmare of a trade. Um, anyway, fast forward a year. Kyrie again publicly demands a trade, leaks it to multiple outlets, you know, leaks it that he may not play the rest of the season if he isn't traded. Instead of going to the Lakers, where you know he wanted to end up, he's right. in Dallas. Kevin Durant, on the other hand, behind the scenes, goes privately yeah. to Sean Marks, says, I want to play for the Suns. Can we please, you know, let's work together to try to, you know, do something that's good for the organization and good for me as an individual. He gets traded to Phoenix, and now is a very good chance to win a championship. Um, so just t- t- says a little bit. And, and Kyrie bashing the Nets, you know. Yeah. He's so happy in Dallas, but all he's talking about is how, how the Nets did him wrong, even though they paid him $135 million to play in about yeah. five games. Um <laughs> and I assume Kevin Durant hasn't talked to the, the media yet. I assume he'll take the high road and compliment, you know, say, be thankful for Brooklyn for everything they did, yada, yada, yada. Um, just kind of, kind of goes to show you that um, that sometimes things come around and, you know, what goes around comes around uh, type of thing in the NBA. Um, but, yeah, yeah. As, as far as the, 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 the Nets, uh, 
team going forward. I think they're a scrappy bunch. I think the net fans are going to enjoy rooting for that team. Um, and, yeah. and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs and, and, and in games like this, especially they're going to be up um, for the, for the Knicks contest. So um, yeah, but, but I, I agree with you. Um, and I, I just pulled up the uh, tankathon remaining st- uh, schedule strength. Um, very interesting. The Knicks are six. So the Knicks have the six toughest remaining strength yeah. of schedule. The Nets have the seventh toughest so yep. those they're they're actually they're tied uh, uh 51.6 uh basically win percentage among the teams yep. that they're facing um and also interesting miami's fourth right right above them so those three teams um are 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 they're going to be chasing each other you know that's it's you know we got you know two months left the season now so we can start yeah. keeping an eye on the standings um and obviously the other team you want to keep an eye on is the hawks um the the knicks are just a game and a half um ahead of atlanta so we'll see how you know that how that plays itself out but um should be make for some very interesting uh you know games some you know kind of every night basis um we'll have a lot to talk about yeah yeah and you mentioned the hawks that's a good point as well because uh, if they don't make the play in um, and uh, make the playoffs and they have to play in a play in game, you know, you want to be at home for your first playing game. And uh, and if the Hawks are, are nipping at your heels, what they what the Knicks do not want is to find a way where the Hawks catch them and they're in the eighth spot and they got to travel to Atlanta yeah. uh, to play the Hawks. And, and that's been a house of horrors for this Knicks team, um, particularly big games that they needed to get uh, when they had to travel to Atlanta. Not that you know Trey Young hasn't had his performances at Madison Garden as well too, but but uh, but yeah, you want to make sure you can have that game at home. Um, so the Knicks Nets should be a good one. Um, real quickly before I move on, do you feel like the sting from the Knicks Nets rivalry has kind of been taken away with KD and Kyrie gone now? Like I don't know how you feel or how other Knicks fans feel, but I certainly don't feel the level of animosity to this version of the Nets as opposed to if this team was playing the KD Kyrie Nets, you know, uh, prior to the trade deadline. A hundred percent. Yeah. It just doesn't have the same juice. Um, obviously with the comments Kevin Durant had made about it not being cool and the Knicks aren't the cool thing anymore. And um, obviously Kyrie amped up the, the intensity as well. Um, so yeah, this doesn't have that, that same, um, you know, that, that same level of, yeah, it's not, not a hatred certainly by any means, you know, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and, and, you know, and, and Cam Thomas and those guys don't, don't exactly, um, you know, generate the same level of uh, right. vitriol that, uh, that KD and the gang did. Um, but uh, the other thing that, that makes it a little bit more interesting is that these teams could potentially, you know, are fighting for playoff spots. And, yeah, that's um, true. You know, you, you know, you talk about the seven, eight, it wouldn't be crazy. You know, there's a ton of games left if the heat and the Hawks are the teams that finish five and six and the Knicks and the Nets play that seven, eight game, um, which sure. would certainly generate a ton of buzz in the city. So certainly something, uh, but they, you know, while it doesn't have that same level of uh, animosity, maybe um, there could be more at stake than, than even recent, any Nick game and Nick Nets game in recent years. Yep. Knicks Nets 730 Madison Square Garden should be a good one. So uh, let's get to uh, this uh, nonsense, as I, as I will call it, as uh, three players are named as injury replacements for this week's All-Star game. Jalen Brunson, not one of them, despite how great he's played recently. Anthony Edwards, Aaron Fox, and Pascal Siakam will replace Steph Curry, Zion Williamson, and Kevin Durant in the All-Star game that's taking place on Sunday there was no announcement for Jalen Brunson amongst one of these replacements. He did not make the original cut of players that were named to the also game. The original 24 guys named 12 guys from the East uh, with the replacements. The NBA, I don't think really put out great 
information in terms of who was replacing who, but the, I presume that Siakam was replacing Durant as the Eastern Conference representative because Durant, when he was in the East, <laughs> was uh, named an all-star. So you lost an Eastern Conference player there. They, I don't think they've still said what they're doing with Kyrie Irving. I, I guess they're going to keep him as the Eastern Conference guy. It doesn't really matter in the sense that there's still um, – there is no East versus West in this game. So, you know, guys are just going to be drafted by Team LeBron and Team Giannis. So maybe it doesn't matter. But you would think that someone would have to replace him if he now becomes a Western Conference player. But that's neither here nor there. So Brunson left off again. Uh, you talked about how great Brunson's been playing. Are you surprised that the NBA – and this is an Adam Silver decision to – uh, to be clear, Adam Silver is the guy who who names the replacement for guys who get hurt. So he picked these three guys. Uh, Brunson was not one of them. Were you surprised that he wasn't picked? I am. Uh, I, listen, I'll give you some numbers here just because it it, it it really is important to note just how well this dude is playing. Um, NBA announced All-Star Reserves on Thursday, February 2nd, um, you know, about, about 11 days ago. Knicks have played five games since then. In those games, Jalen Brunson's averaging 31 points, 6.2 assists versus just 1.4 turnovers while shooting 59% from the floor, 52% <laughs> from downtown. Um, to put that efficiency in context, Brunson has scored a total of 155 points on 89 field goal attempts in the month of February. R.J. Barrett has 98 points on 91 field goals. Um, uh, among all players, Brunson ranks 30th in the NBA in field goal attempts per game in February, but sixth in scoring. He's one of only four players in the NBA averaging more than 30 points a night and shooting above 55% from the floor this month. The other three are Giannis, Joel Embiid, and LeBron James. One last number for you. This one I, I thought was really interesting. On the season, um, Br Br uh, Brunson is uh, has a chance to become just the third player in NBA history to average at least 20 points and six assists while slashing 48, 40, 85, meaning mm. shooting at least 48% from the floor, 40% from downtown, and 85% from the line. So not the 50, 40, 90. Um, that, that's kind of the, the hallmark, you know, the benchmark for for production uh, for for efficiency um, but you factor in the fact that he's averaging more than 20 points and more than six assists only two players in NBA history have ever done that over a full season it's Larry Bird and Steph Curry um, two pretty decent players so um, <laughs> yeah they they they, they 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 carved out a pretty nice career from yeah world. yeah they, they they stuck around for a little bit so you I mean you, you talk about that uh, that production he's second in the league in charges drawn um, and, 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 and more than that, I think just big picture, think about where this team has been, not only last season, 37 wins, but for two decades, kind of rudderless laughing stock of a franchise point guard, you yeah. know, no point guard to speak of Brunson comes in immediately changes the tone, changes the complexion, changes the direction of the franchise. Um, you know, so I think you wrap all that in, um, you know, could you make a case for Pascal Siakam? Sure. He's having a pretty good season, but you yeah. know, the, the, the Raptors are far below 500. Um, you know, so, so for me, it's, 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 a, it's almost an easy decision, uh, to, to, I thought hard, you could have made a very strong case that Brunson should have been named one of the original replacements. But again, we talked about the positionality of it, it factors in. When you're naming replacements now, um, and we'll see, Jalen, it sounds like Jalen Brown might miss the game as well. He's dealing with a facial fracture. Yes. There could be one other player added in. Um, long story short, um, Jalen Brunson should be an NBA All-Star this season. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. Like, I was um, disappointed. I, here's why I wasn't necessarily surprised. Because I think when, when I hear Adam Silver is making the decisions, and you pick Pascal Siakam. 
I see, okay, you're trying to get the Canadian market to watch this game. Because uh, it's not just Toronto. You know, it's the whole country that kind of supports the Toronto Raptors. So you already got uh, Jay, you know, Julius Randle, uh, Nick, going to the game. So New York is covered, even though uh, Kyrie and Katie are gone. You still have a New York player playing uh, in this game. And I'm sure you know Katie and Kyrie still have their fans in the city. But, uh, but when you add another player, I think in some way you're trying to add a new market to the game. So, you know, you add Anthony Edwards, who is well-deserving, a guy who I think should have made it from the west side uh, in the first crack, uh, potentially. He gets in. Um, that adds a Minnesota, you know, market. You know, Sacramento, they already had, you know, Sabonis, so he was already there. So, De'Aaron Fox, that was just them, I think, doing right by him. That was, I think, they still the most egregious uh, a snub of all of them, even including Jalen Brunson. But uh, to me, that's what this came down to. It was, well, we got to add another player. Who can we add that, you know, is a, is a market that's not being represented at the Oscar game right now? Oh, it's a whole country? Well, that makes it a lot easier. I know there are a lot of people in New York, but Canada is a whole country. And I think that they decided to, to put Pascal Siakam in there. That shouldn't have mattered. Like, to me, it should be on the merit of who should be the best players, who's impacted the season the most. Um, but I think that's why they did this. And it's 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 frustrating. Like, uh, Pascal Siakam's had a great season. I don't want to undermine that in terms of individual stats. I mean, he's averaging yeah. 25 points, shooting almost you know 50% from the field. He's got eight rebounds, six assists. He's a do-it-all yeah. guy. I mean, he had 50 at Madison Square Garden. So you don't got to tell Nick fans about how great Pascal Siakam has played this year. But – his team is not very good, and he is he is not being able to impact uh, winning for the Toronto Raptors enough to keep the Raptors in the conversation for uh, a playoff spot. So to put him in and not put in Jalen Brunson, I think has been one of the stories of the NBA season. I'm not saying he's the top story, but the fact that Jalen Brunson went to essentially a point guard desert, which was New York, they had, had a, a good point guard. You can say arguably since Stephon Marbury, but maybe you go back even further if you don't think Stephon Marbury was your cup of tea because the Knicks didn't win much with him. Like they didn't have this man. It's a guard city that, that had no guards playing for their uh, their New York team. And Jalen Brunson goes on a team that missed the playoffs and looked like they were directionless last season. Gets them in a position where they're fighting for a playoff spot. They've been competitive every night, and part of it, the main reason, has been his effort. The fact that they didn't look at and value that storyline. And putting him in the all-star game that's what's disappointing to me because that that to me Pascal Siakam having a good year there are plenty of guys who average 25 and eight yeah. who missed the playoffs who missed the all-star game like it's it's fine if he didn't make it this year it would not have been a tragedy I think considering what Brunson has brought to the city what he's brought to this organization to not have that represented in the all-star game it, it doesn't make sense to me because the all-star game should be like it should be a representation of like what have been the big stories of the season like you want to talk about the players that played the best who have had the big moments like in some ways it's a celebration of what has happened so far uh, i just don't see anything the raptors have done or pascal has done that just had to be represented in this game i don't um if his team was better absolutely he's having great a great season individually but i don't see uh, there's no story to what pascal has done for the raptors there's nothing and similarly, Anthony Edwards, you know, the, the, the Tim Wolves had yeah. some high expectations trading, you know, all those picks for Gobert yeah. and were they going to be one of the top, you know, three or four teams in the, in the West. And they're there. They haven't been that um, again, you're, you're picking it's because both of these guys have played very well. Uh, you know, yeah. you know, you know, if you're going to put somebody in, you want to take someone out. Um, personally, I would have gone with Brunson. And the other thing I didn't even mention, he leads the league in clutch points, you know, um, yeah. just the, the importance of the, again, it just lends to credence the fact that Randall, we know can, not delivering the you know is, is inconsistent in the clutch let's say rj barrett has certainly right. had his moments but it's not something you can rely on night and night out basis 
Brunson's been the guy. They put the ball in his hands, and more often than not, he's delivered. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, for me, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm surprised he's not in there. That being said, him getting three or four days of rest is not the worst right. thing. We you know, know about I the think. minutes he's logged. We know about the, the, yeah. those. And those are not typical minutes. He, you know, he, as I mentioned, drawing charges. Um, falling down on drives you know he lives amongst the trees in the forest and, and gets knocked down plenty so if he takes a couple nights off to go to cancun um you know that that certainly wouldn't be the worst thing from a from a knicks franchise perspective from a team that hopes to make a a push towards the the number six or five seed over the final two months of the season one last thing there is part of me considering this is an adam silver decision there's part of me that wonders if anything involving the tampering could be why he held out Jalen Brunson. Because, uh, you know, I it's hard to say the league takes it that seriously considering um, it's so rampant in the NBA. Right. But they say they take it seriously. So uh, could could he decided, look, like they, you know, I didn't like the tampering situation with the Knicks and, and, and Jalen Brunson that happened in the offseason. So, uh, yeah, Pascal Siakam, here you go. <laughs> you know, like could that have been a part of this? It, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me with the way the NBA works. And there's a lot of politics involved. And, um you know, the Knicks haven't necessarily ingratiated themselves with the NBA offices for some of the, the antics of not just, you know, the, 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 you know, tampering, but the stuff, the media, the headlines, the facial recognition. So yep. like, they, they, they haven't necessarily brought great headlines to, to, to the NBA uh, outside of the Knicks playing pretty good this year. So uh, it could be them saying, hey, you got one all-star. I'm not giving you any more because uh, it caused a lot of other headaches that we don't really want to deal with. So. Yeah, that could be the case. You mentioned the Jalen Brown facial fracture. So um, I don't know why the Celtics would let him play in the game. I know he, he, he I guess he, he may still play with the fracture, but I just, that doesn't make sense to me. So you're going to have to replace him, you would think. I mean, I don't know who else you're picking, especially in the East, that you would take. I guess Harden would be the, the only I guy. Harden, I think it's either him right. or Harden. But you, right. you know, and Harden's played really well this season. But, you know, like I said, I think they, they had, to me, they had their elimination game at the garden a couple weeks ago and in Brunson I'll play the next one and then they played a couple uh the next week and even though the Sixers won Brunson had his best half of the season in that first half so I'm like I I just I think that Brunson really deserves to get in we'll see if he does eventually get in but as Tommy noted Brunson getting a few days off not the worst thing in the world but I think that's going to wrap it for this edition of Orange and Blue Bloods Tommy let people know where they can find you at Tommy Beer on Twitter. You can find me, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of Orange and Blue Bloods and RTWFAN original. Make sure you, if you like this episode, wherever you're listening to this episode, any of the, make sure you get the auto download features so you get this episode never be drop. We got two more coming the rest of this week. So make sure you keep your eyes and ears for that also make sure you check us out on youtube on the odyssey sports channel you can get all our videos there and a full episode there as well so that's going to do it this edition of on blue buzz tommy i'm bj take it easy guys peace